Hello, this is Dr. Corey Reddish, and today we will be mapping laughter on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be sharing some laughter with Dr. Corey Reddish. Dr. Corey has been a practicing licensed naturopathic doctor since 1998 and is a purveyor of all things good, healthy, and fun. She is the director of the Feel Better HQ, a naturopathic health boutique and apothecary in Venice, California, that offers naturopathic consultations, high quality supplements, vitamin injections, nutrient IVs, and functional testing. It is also the headquarters of Dr. Corey's Party Packs, her signature line of highly effective party recovery nutrients. She is committed to inspiring health and happiness through laughter, on stage as a comedian and former creative director and performer with the shamanic cheerleaders, and off stage as a certified laughter yoga leader. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix, Dr. Corey. Hi, so glad to be here. I'm so (laughs) excited to have you here, and I'm excited to talk about (laughs) laughter. We were just kind of chatting about this. Like, how do you hold the seriousness of a clinical role and a clinical partnership with a patient and laughter? It's a very interesting line to walk and one that I've been navigating within myself for a long time, because as somebody who performs comedy and writes comedy, and often people say, you could just write funny jokes about people's health and your patients. And I think to myself, no, I can't, because health and illness and my patient's health is not a funny thing per se, but people are funny and life is funny. (laughs) And so what I see is, can we bring more levity to the whole experience of not being well or people's health? Like, how can we lighten it up a little bit? And then in terms of people's progress and healing, the more laughter and levity and optimism and joy and smiles that people have in their life it contributes to the healing process and their health and their well-being. There's so much that you're saying, Dr. Corey, that I really love. And one of the pieces that I just want to highlight and applaud is that you bring you into your clinical practice. So if we were to flip the matrix and look at your antecedents and your story, you found a way to bring that forward. And I think a lot of clinicians are fearful about bringing themselves into the clinical or therapeutic partnership. So kudos for doing that and walking that line of figuring that out for yourself as a clinician. Yeah, I think that we have to be ourselves and it's an evolving process, especially for newer practitioners and newer doctors. You think you have to be a certain way and you have to practice a certain way and you have to hold a certain demeanor. 
and a bedside manner when really there's so much in the therapeutic relationship and you being you and bringing that. And that's a process of self-development as a clinician and as a practitioner. I mean, I literally sold my first practice and joined the circus for a while and then <laughs> had to like integrate that back into my work and my world. But it was part of my growth and my individuality and then being able to share that with others and inspire that in themselves and bring a little bit more levity to it. I love that. And I love, you know, having known you for nearly <laughs> a decade and like seeing yeah. that evolution, we've seen a lot of evolution in each other mm -hmm. and watching mm -hmm. you really come into yourself and own that. I think we all need to embrace that opportunity. I was telling you also that I wrote something to a colleague of mine this morning and his response in email was that made me laugh. I needed that. Why do we need laughter? We all know the expression laughter is the best medicine or is your best medicine. And um, there's really something to that in terms of the physiological benefits that we see with laughter. And it's well researched. There's still obviously more to be done on that. And you know, clinical trials can be a little challenging around mm -hmm. laughter, but we see a lot of decrease of stress, decrease of cortisol, epinephrine. It produces endorphins, so it can help with pain. It elevates mood, so stimulation of different uh, neurotransmitters of serotonin, oxytocin. It can increase BDNF, so helping with mm. neuroplasticity, mm -hmm. increasing our immunity through stimulation of lymphocytes, natural killer cells, you know, dilating blood vessels, oxygenation, exercising yeah, the lungs, exercising so the abs. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. But like, this is the thing that I find very interesting is that in order to really get the full benefit of laughter and all those effects, you have to laugh for about 15 minutes, kind of consecutively. Wow. Um, yeah you know, 10 to 15 minutes. I think a lot of people know Norman Cousins story, Dr. Norman Cousins, who first brought laughter to our attention as a therapeutic tool. The specifics may not be entirely correct here, but I believe he had ankylosing spondylitis. Mm -hmm. And he found that if he laughed, he would watch Marx Brothers movies. And if he laughed heartily for 10 minutes, he would get about two hours of pain-free rest. That's phenomenal. Right. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. I think that was 1976 or something. And so, you know, he found what made him laugh heartily. So, you know, that's one feature is figuring out what inspires laughter in you. There's humor and there's laughter. So humor is a little bit more subjective, but right. laughter is a little bit more spontaneous accessing your inner playfulness. But here's the really interesting part is like, if the body doesn't recognize the difference, physiologically speaking, between spontaneous laughter and simulated laughter. So you can just ha ha ha, he he he, ho ho ho, for 10, 15 minutes, and you're gonna get the same result as if you were legitimately spontaneously 
laughing. That is so fascinating. It makes me think about like all the benefits that we have from vagal nerve stimulation mm-hmm. and gargling, right? Like, and these mm-hmm. that same kind of physiological response somewhere in the body. Where does laughter live? And does it live in different places like that? that kind of oral reverberation of the ha 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 he 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 and that kind of guttural or in the gut belly laughter is it different for people does it have different effects on the body i mean i imagine it's going to have different effects on different people but i think laughter lives a lot of places so um the vagal nerve certainly with the vocalization the lungs with the breathing and the exercising and the expansion of the lungs and the diaphragm and the abs, and also in the left frontal lobe, that part of the brain. And absolutely the oxygenation, the blood vessels, the musculature, the nervous system, it lives everywhere. I kind of liken it almost to like meditation or Mm. exercise Mm -hmm. in terms of the broad reaching effects that it has. Yeah. And I love that you talked about the BDNF. It means like it's impacting our metabolism. Like there's so many things we can do just with a little laughter as medicine. Right. And so there are physiological effects. And then there's also just, well, there's the psychoneuroimmunological effects. And then also just the psychological, mental, emotional effects of you know, what I see with people with more practice laughter is improving self-confidence, connection, mm. creativity, self-expression, compassion, compassion for others. Like that real core connection to like, this is something that connects humanity is our ability to laugh. Mm. And it's said that laughter is the shortest distance between two people, oh. which I think it's so sweet. Yeah, that is sweet. And I was thinking as you were talking about the oxytocin, you know, when we're actually relating and connecting with somebody and that easy laughter. I was joking with you, Dr. Corey, like, you know, I'm not somebody who likes to go out and have that typical version of fun, right? I don't drink. I don't like I'm not a partier, but I laugh pretty easily. And inside, I feel a lot of joy even when I'm in a tumultuous situation. And I notice that like sometimes when I'm having a hard day, I need to end my day with either laughter or even just like smiling, like something that makes me have and kind of connect with my joy. Is the laughter about that kind of mechanical response or is there something that is connected to that optimism and joy that is related to laughter? Probably both, right? Absolutely. I think both. When you're smiling, it just brings an elevation to the whole system and opens and expands. I mean, this is not going to be technical, but if you just do it, it just feels <laughs> expansive, right? It's true. Like, do it I'm now. Sure there's a tech- yeah, I'm sure there's a technical thing happening there. And I would encourage you, like, if you're having a hard day, and this is one thing, I mean, it's part of the laughter yoga exercises per se is to try and short circuit that and like stop it right in the mix. Like, 
oh, you get an unexpected bill in the mail, you know, and you open it and you just go, ha, 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 ha. you just <laughs> laugh at it. Or you have a difficult patient and you're like, oh boy, that was challenging. Ha, 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 ha. You exactly. Just, do that self-induced laughter. It's the fastest way I've found to shift energy. And so you have to practice it a bit because it's not always the first thing you think of when those things happen. But if you can call upon that as a tool and not something that you could share with patients or they're having a tough day or they get a tough test result or a tough diagnosis. And it's not funny, but is there some levity that can be brought to the situation in the moment? It's funny as you say that, uh, funny, haha, funny. I used to joke with, I had one widow friend, right? One other widow that mm. I knew. And we would joke about it like you're my widow friend, which sounds a little bit like Elmer Fudd. But we would also really joke about <laughs> We would also really joke about our situations, which we would mm -hmm. then laugh about how we would clear the room because it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, widow humor yeah. isn't funny to other people who aren't widows, just like, you know, a cancer diagnosis isn't funny, but people who share that diagnosis can find the levity or have to often find the levity as part of their healing. And for she and I, that's what we would be in a restaurant, like cracking up about things that other people weren't finding funny. Like she'd say I was in the hospital with my kid and I didn't want somebody to think that his dad was a deadbeat dad. So I wanted to make a shirt that said he's not a deadbeat dad. He's a drop dead dad. Like we could laugh at that, right? Like, yeah. but nobody else could, but we had to. The situation was impossible with small children and that's how we would get through it. So I just want to kind of highlight that in terms of like, no, the situations aren't funny, but we still need to find our way to humor. So you mentioned laughter, yoga, what other techniques or skills, if we kind of move to the right side of the matrix, can we incorporate? Laughter yoga is one or laughter groups. And that's just actually getting together with people, the laughter group or a laughter club, obviously getting together with other people and doing these various sorts of ridiculous, goofy, and playful exercises per se. Laughter yoga is similar and you can, but you could also use some of those exercises on yourself. Like I was talking about, like you get a bill or this situation where you're talking about things related to health or illness and you can find the funny in it or just like say it and laugh afterwards. The other thing that came to mind when you were talking about your friend is finding people who I call them giggle shamans, mm. basically like identifying the people in your world Love that. that you know you can go there with or that inspire that in you. I have a friend who she picks up the phone and says hello, and I'm already laughing. Mm -hmm. I just know that like we inspire that in each other, and it's a very therapeutic relationship. So finding your giggle shamans, kids are fantastic. Being sure. around kids because they laugh and are so much more playful than we are. There's a bit of an urban myth saying kids laugh 300 times a day and adults laugh 12 to 25 or something wow. like that. It's not entirely, it's not true. But 
kids certainly are able to access that a lot better. So they can often inspire that in people identifying what kind of humor you like and just finding ways to access that. We have so much more available on Netflix and HBO and live comedy and things like that and movies. So just find out what you like. I like to do dance breaks personally. Mm. <laughs> Those are fun ways to just get silly. So however you can get silly, various what I call inner goofball release techniques. I think yeah. you you got to experience one of those yes. with a high kick and body roll. <laughs> I was going to say, in what kind of outfit are you doing those dance yeah. breaks? You got to play the part. <laughs> Whatever it takes to just like take life a little less serious. I really love that we're talking about this. This is something I would say is a non-negotiable. And we were talking previously about like, where's the research? And there is research, as you noted, but it's hard to quantify. And I would say laughter is a non-negotiable. So where are we as clinicians making sure that we are talking to our clients and patients about where joy lives in them and their life. Where's the place for it? Where do they carve that out? And, you know, you mentioned Netflix and there's more access. There's also more isolation. And one of the things I just really want to highlight that you're talking about is a lot of this comes from connection, connection to self and confidence, connection to your giggle shaman, connection to what makes you happy and brings you joy and laughter. So I just love the conversation. I love these non-negotiables that we often overlook when we're looking at all these crazy things in health and medicine. Is there anything else you've experienced related to laughter in clinical practice that you want to share with other professionals? If it is a non-negotiable, it's something that I hesitate to say, okay, add this to your morning list of things that you do, you know, on top of your meditation and your exercise and your breathing exercises and your journaling and your smoothie and your functional latte of whatever you make. And now it's like laugh for 15 minutes and it can be a little bit overwhelming. But it is something that for many of us, we consciously have to to do. You have to put some effort and energy and focus and intention on it. If it isn't mm-hmm. part of your natural DNA or you don't have connections or a group of people around you that foster that. Mm-hmm. So to encourage people to create those alliances and find those people and create a community that stimulates more laughter within yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, clinically speaking, as I I mentioned to you, it's not something that I see, oh, this person reversed their autoimmune disease just through laughing 10 minutes a day or their blood pressure totally resolved. It's hard to delineate and determine that, but it is a really important conversation to have. And you can tell with your patients if they laugh easily, if they're prone to laughter, if they have senses of humor, or if they have more of a flat affect or like reside more in the depression space then it's extra important to talk to them about it and find those things that can be a little bit more uplifting. 
for them. Mm, I love it. Yeah, we can't all join the circus, but we can bring more laughter into (laughs) our lives and into our practices. Thank you, Dr. Corey. I so appreciate this conversation with you. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and Carla Schaefer on sound production, as well as Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a super short reminder that a new episode is ready and waiting for you. You also have an invitation to email us. We would love to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15 Minute Matrix. You can go ahead and email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. Bingo. You nailed that. Nailed it.